0: If you're a guest today, we want to welcome you this morning to service. We are so happy to have you with us today. We welcome you. We're happy to have you. If you're watching us online today, wherever you're watching from, hope and pray that you're blessed by this service today. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 and verse number 45. Mark 6 and 45. It says, and straightway, and means immediately, and the immediately is after Jesus has just fed 5,000 people with two small fish and five loaves of or not loaves, more so, five biscuits. And so it's from that, it says, Straightway, he constrained his disciples to get into the ship. Now I want you to, it's not going to be the focus, but I want you to get that part. Jesus instructed, he he commanded, basically, his disciples to get in the ship. It wasn't their idea. It wasn't their idea. They didn't come up with it. He told them to get in the ship and go to the other side before unto Bethsaida. He told him to get in and he told him to go to the other side while he went away with the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship the ship that he told them to get into to go to the other shot, other side. You know, I, I think sometimes we forget a weather forecast is just that—it's a forecast. It's not a guarantee. It's not. You know, I—I I, I know it's—it must be a frustrating thing those in uh, the areas that are more prone to get hurricanes than us. But many people boarded up businesses and houses and all that last weekend and. And then they get all, up, all upset at the government or the mayor or whatever for encouraging that and nothing happens. I, I don't quite understand that. I'm, I think you'd rather be relieved that in that situation your efforts were in vain. That would be kind of nice. But Jesus is not a weather forecaster. He knows everything. And He knew, this was my point a moment ago, He knew... When he told them to get into the ship to go to the other side, he knew that they were going to be in these circumstances. When even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land, and he saw them toiling in rowing, for the wind was contrary. He knew they were going to get into a contrary wind. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't coincidence. He knew when He told them to go exactly what they were going to encounter. He saw them toiling for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night He cometh unto them walking upon the sea and would have passed them by. He comes walking on the sea and draw your attention to the last phrase in this verse. He would have passed them by. Father, thank you for the privilege of being in your presence today. Thank you for the privilege of being able to worship and exalt your name. Thank you for your spirit that's in this place today. Thank you for a way, the way in which you have already worked and ministered to us. Thank you for how you have touched lives here today. And I thank you that you're not finished in this service. That your spirit is going to continue to work. I trust God that your word would speak to hearts and lives here today. That you would minister through your word. Not a sermon this morning, but let it be a message. That would be good, find good ground in someone's heart today. Trust you and depend on you today, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. I bless you. You may be seated. He sends them to the other side. That's the other point. They they should have had some confidence in the fact he said go to the other side. And if he said go to the other side, we are going to the other side. It doesn't matter what we encounter. It doesn't matter what the obstacles are. We are going to the other side. I realize that, I realize, and at least in the way it comes across in this verse, I, I realize that that wasn't necessarily something that he was emphasizing in some kind of profound way when he said, you get into the boat and go to the other side. I, I would have imagined that to them it was probably just like sort of a casual statement. Get in the boat, go to the other side. But when he said, get in the boat and go to the other side, he knew exactly what they were going to face, but he knew that ultimately they would get to the other side. I don't know what your circumstances are today. I don't know what you're facing today. But I do want to tell you there is absolutely not one single thing that you are encountering in your life right now that Jesus Christ did not know about it before you even knew about it. He already knew. The Bible tells us in principle that before we get into a situation, He's already planned the way out. He's already got it figured out. In fact, Paul says it this way in one, in one, talking about Abraham, but he says, God calls those things that are not as though they were. So when he said go to the other side, he meant you're going to get to the other side. But they get into the boat and, and you got to understand these are skilled sailors. These are skilled Fishermen that are in this boat, these are not just, you know, casual. They didn't just go down and rent a boat for the afternoon. They knew the waters. They knew how to deal with some serious situations. They they were experienced in it, but they have encountered a storm that they can't quite handle. And Jesus is watching. There's another important point. Jesus is watching. They didn't know it. They didn't, they didn't realize it, but he was watching. And I tell you the same today. I don't, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter where you are. He's watching. Right, well, if he's watching, how come he's not doing anything? Well, I may have your answer today in just a moment. He sees them toiling and rowing because the wind was contrary to them. He, he sees them fighting against the storm that they have encountered. And He starts walking on the water in their direction. And it it says something that's very interesting to me. He would have passed them by. Here are His disciples. Here are the ones that He is training. Here are the ones that when He... Done with His time on this earth. He's going to entrust the continuance of what He started with them. These are people He spent time with, cared about. These are people that He knew very well and they knew Him very well. But the Bible says He would have just passed on by. He would have just walked right by, but 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 wait a minute they were in need they were in turmoil they were in trouble they needed some help and he would have just passed them by i've come to tell somebody today if you're not careful he may just pass you by he may just pass you by. You ever, you ever been in a situation? I don't know. I think one that sort of comes to mind is maybe you walk into a you walk into a restaurant where you have to wait for the the host or the hostess to seat you, and you walk in and you stand there, and they're they're standing there, maybe talking to someone at the, another worker, or maybe they're just standing there or whatever. And you stand there. Stand there. Stand there. Uh, excuse me. Hello. That's kind of annoying, isn't it? Especially considering they're supposed to be there to help you, to serve you. I think sometimes if we're not careful, we get that same mindset about Jesus. Excuse me, here I am. And you ought to come do something for me. But these guys who are in the midst of a of a serious situation, he would have just passed right on by. Somebody in the boat. I, I, I apologize. Sorry, Sister Tyler. I apologize. But I haven't come with the most wowing spiritual revelation today. So for those of you that have come to be moved by revelatory preaching, this is not your day. But For somebody that's in a storm today, for somebody that's in the midst of some difficulties, I have come with what may be a very simple message, but a message for you. And that is, he may very well pass you by You see, he had to, here's the good news, for him to pass them by, it meant he was in their proximity. The fact that he could pass them by was that he was nearby them. So that means they were not alone. But somebody had to decide, I see the answer. I see the one that can help me. And if he's not going to come to me, I'm not going to be too stubborn and proud to decide, Hey, you're not going to pass me by. You're not going to keep on walking and leave me in the midst of my circumstances and situations. I know what you can do. Bible says in Mark chapter 10 and verse number 46, And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples... And a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. He was sitting there begging for money. He was begging for somebody just to give him some change. But the Bible says when he heard, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he did not sit there with his little can begging for money and say, well... It's pretty obvious I'm blind. And if Jesus will pass by, surely He will see me where I am and come to me. The Bible says when He heard it, when He heard that Jesus was coming by, He began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou Son of David, have mercy on me. Next verse, please. And many, many, Many charged him that he should hold his peace. Be quiet. Don't interrupt what's going on. Don't don't interrupt those around you. I don't know about you, but it seems like every time I go out to eat, without fail, there is somebody within a table or two away that talks in a tone or in a volume that everybody in the restaurant can hear. It's not even a matter of being nosy. You just sit there and you can hear Perfectly. Would you please dial it down? That's what they were saying. Be quiet, Bartimaeus. Don't, don't, don't mess with those around us. With those around you. Don't, don't interrupt those around you. Be quiet. The Bible says that when they did that, he cried the more a great deal. So, you know, he kind of called out at first, But when they said, be quiet, you need to settle down, he not only did he not settle down and get quiet, but he cried even more, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. He realized I am at a point in which the answer to my need may pass me by, but I refuse to let it pass me by. And Jesus stood, still. But when did he stand still? Not when he noticed that there was a blind man. He stood still when he heard that there was somebody that had enough hunger and desperation to say, I realize the opportunity that is in front of me and I will not let it pass me by. It it amazes me all of the the different developments in our world. And one of the things lately that just, I don't know, intrigues me or I don't know what the best way of saying. It. But, I mean, it's its crazy how much technology is, is facilitating us being completely disconnected from other human beings. You now... With a lot of fast food type restaurants. You can get an app. Order your food before you get there. Many places. Walk in. It's sitting on a shelf. You get the food. You walk back out. Never have to interact with anyone. Or. Was it called Diner Dash? Is that? DoorDash. Uber Eats. People will go get the food for you, bring it to your house. I, I, I got bad news for you today Jesus doesn't run Uber Eats. You see there there are there are as at least I, please understand the way i 'm saying this, so understand i 'm not saying this as, as absolute one hundred percent fact, okay, please get that. but when I start to think of the miracles Jesus did, the ones that I can recall off the top of my head, the majority of the ones that I can think of. Jesus did not, somebody say did not, Jesus did not initiate the miracle. There are some. One of them, there was a woman whose only son, she was a widow, and her only son had died, and they were in the funeral procession, and without her saying anything, Jesus went up, stopped the funeral procession, told the boy to get up, and he got up was the man laying he had been crippled for all his life or most of his life laying at the pool of bethesda waiting on a miracle and jesus comes to him but i can think of way more miracles that jesus did not go to the person the person in some way or other had to go to jesus and I've come to tell somebody today, he is, not might be, not me, he is passing by. Amen. But he may very well pass by. Unless somebody decides, you know what, I hear him passing by. I have some desperate needs and he can do what I need. And I will not sit and take the risk that I'm going to be the guy at the pool of Bethesda or the widow woman that he's going to do what I need for me. I'm going to recognize the opportunity. And it does not matter what I have to do to get his attention. I'm going to get his attention because I need something from him. Bible tells us about a woman who had an issue of blood. It says she had spent 12 years, 12 years she had spent trying desperately to find a cure for her sickness. She went to person after doctor after doctor and nobody could help her. And one day, one day, she made up her mind. There is someone who can do something about what I need. There is somebody that has the answer. The Bible says she makes up her mind, and it's really amazing what she said. Because she didn't didn't say, you know what, if, if, if I can get an audience with Jesus, if I can get him to talk to me, if I can get him to pay attention to me, I can get. That's not what she did. She said, if I can just simply touch the outermost part of his garment, I will be made whole. But here was the, here was the problem Jesus was in the middle of a crowd of people. I don't want to be offensive to anybody today, but this story always reminds me of church because there are a lot of people that come to church that are like the same situation that day. They simply have come out of curiosity. Much of that crowd apparently was there just to see what he might say, hear what he might say, see what he might do, but that was it. But this woman says, if I can get to him and touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And there was a crowd of people around him that she had to press her way through to get to him. And she finally gets to him and she touches the hem of his garment and instantly she is made whole. And he stops and he asks a question. He says, "Who touched me?" And the disciples respond and say, "What do you mean? Who touched you? You are in a crowd of people. Everybody's touching you." Again, reminds me of church. What do you mean, Lord? Everybody, look at—I mean, you. There's, there's person after person is bumping. You ever been through a crowded situation, You're in a crowd? I tell you what, the worst crowd I've ever been in was this year at Youth Congress in St. Louis. We came out of, I think it was the first service, the first night, walked out into the concourse it was being held in the in the uh, uh, the, the uh, or not arena. What is it called? Um, it's not a stadium. It's a dome, I guess. Because they play, I mean, they play football in there. That's an arena. You play basketball in. You don't play football in an arena. At least that's the way I understand it. I mean, this this thing holds, I think, almost 70,000. We walk out in the concourse, and literally it was wall-to-wall people. And we just happened, my wife and I just happened to be deciding to try to get to a place that was pretty much the opposite flow of everybody going. And literally... (laughs) You were bumper to I mean you were shoulder to shoulder people in your oh excuse me sorry excuse me you, you were touching people you were bumping into strangers all over the place I mean, boom, I mean everywhere you turn I, I think that's kind of like what it was that day with Jesus it was it was a crowd that had gathered around but he says who touched me he said what do you mean who touched you he says somebody Touched me, not just bumped into me, but somebody touched me because I felt virtue go out of me. Do you think that that woman was the only person in that crowd that day with a need? You think, do you think she was the only person there that day that needed healing? Do you think she was the only person that day with a crisis in her life? Absolutely. There's no way. And yet she's the only one we know that got something at that particular instance because she made up her mind. You will not pass me by. There's not a person in this place today that would not be thrilled to get something from the Lord if he would come to you. Not one single one of you. If you're a first time guest, you'd be more than happy for Jesus to come where you are I'm sorry to tell you, there is a chance He might. But there's one thing you can decide to do that will be a guarantee. He may not come to me where I am. He may not stop by me. But I'm not going to let Him pass me by. I will do whatever is necessary to get to Him. Oh, hallelujah. Second Kings chapter four, verse twenty five. A little bit of context here is there was a there was a woman, she was a she was, she was childless. And she she knows, she gets an idea of who Elisha the prophet is. And she, she says to her husband, We need to we need to make a room. So that whenever the man of God passes by, he has a place to stay. Amen. Not, not you know, we 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 Nixon Dowdy's preaching here this weekend, and we we decided to keep him in our house. And really, the only reason we could do that is because Timothy is out of town, and so Timothy's room is available. We we, we don't have a prepared place. See, but you can, and you, many of you have done it. You know, the company's coming, whether it's to spend the night or just coming for dinner, and you you get everything ready. I don't know about your house, but the chaos we often live in with schedules and timing, and we're, we're usually, you know, right up to the last second trying to finalize getting everything straight before. Sometimes, like, oh, Jesus, let them be late, let them be late, let them be late. It's just, we need a few more minutes. Get it prepared. What, what she was saying was, I, I, I don't want to have to... Oh, I, I think there he is. Hurry up, hurry up. Throw everything in the closet. She said, I, we need to make him a place where when he comes by, there's no invitation that's needed. He doesn't have to be invited to come in. He knows this place is ready. Can I, can I take a little detour for a moment and ask you, how, how is Jesus in your life? Is he the guest you got? Oh, here he comes. (laughs) Forgive me, Lord. I'm sorry. Uh, Okay. So good to have you. Or is there a place that is prepared for him alone that he is welcome to occupy? Because what happened was She makes this place for him He takes advantage of the opportunity And then he says to his servant We need to do something for this lady Because of her kindness to us We need to do something for her Find out what we can do Come to find out she was barren And man of God prays or prophesies And sure enough she has a child And so it's it's, it's that child that this is now referring to in 2 Kings 4.25. She went and came to the man of God. And the reason she came to him, the couple of verses before, is because he died. But she comes to the man of God, to Mount Carmel, and it, it came to pass. When the man of God saw her afar off, she said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is the Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with thy child? Now, now watch, watch what her answer is. She has, she has her only child that she has waited all this time to finally get, has died she is on her way to the man of God because he died. The servant comes and says, is everything okay? And she says, it is well. You no, know, I think there's all kind of things you can take from that. But here's the context, the thing I want to take in the context of this message today. It is well. I'm telling you, I'm telling you it's well because I can't get caught up with you. I don't need to get caught up telling you all my woes and problems. I I don't need to waste a bunch of time telling you about everything that's going wrong in my life. It's well. Oh, okay. Just get me to Him. Just get me to Him. Because if I can get to Him, I can get what I need. I don't know why some of you saints don't just decide to quit wasting your time going to the servant. That's all I am is a servant. I don't need to know all your woes. I don't need to know everything that's going wrong in your life. If I How you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine, brother Wright. Good to see you. I'm on my way someplace else. I love you. I appreciate you. But you can't do what I need. But I know somebody that can do what I need. And if I can just get to him, I can get the access to receiving what I need. (laughs) The end of the story is he goes and prays and the child rises again. She knew. She knew, she knew, you knew, she knew. I know, I've said this before, you know, we, it probably happens here, but, but where I've, I've experienced a lot. You go to a, you know, some kind of like, we have an annual conference for our organization. You go there and, and, and you see people, you see people you know, you see other preachers you know. And You walk up and you say, hey man, how you doing? Good to see you. Oh man, I'm doing great. It's crazy because everybody's doing great. Hundreds and thousands of people, and everybody's doing great. And you're telling everybody when they ask you how you're doing, I'm doing great. And you're like, God, please forgive me for lying. Yeah. <laughs> and they're doing the same thing, a bunch of them. How's it going? Man, it's going great. They're losing their mind. They're about to give up and quit. But we can't, we can't be honest. because That's a whole nother message. Because sometimes it's not about hypocrisy. There's just no point in telling everybody every woe and problem in your life if all they are is the servant. Because at the end of the day, all they can do is point you to the one that has the answer. What's really sad... Oh, Lord, I'm trying to stay on point here, but it's just too hard not to... What's really sad is when people get offended when the servant disappoints them. Well, the preacher, he, he let me... I called the pastor, he didn't come through. What do you expect? And so because of your offense with the servant... You actually never get to the one that's been waiting all along just to see if you would make up your mind. There is nothing, there is no one that's going to get in my way and interfere with me getting to the place that I need to be. Because if I can just get to Jesus and I decide you will not pass me by, I will get what I need. Luke 24 and 27. This is after the death of Jesus. He's now resurrected. There are a couple of disciples. They weren't one of the twelve, but they were disciples that are walking, the Bible says, on the road to Emmaus. And they're walking along. They are still distraught over what has happened. They're 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 still replaying the the crucifixion and the death of Jesus. And and in their minds, all they know is that He was buried. They don't know the rest of the story. And so they're walking along, and Jesus joins them. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, He expounded unto them in all scriptures the things concerning Himself. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went. Here's what's interesting in the verses before... Again, these are disciples. These are disciples. That meant they knew Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus comes alongside. This is, I think this is one of those humorous things in the Bible. He comes alongside, and he says to this, because he could tell something was wrong, you know. And He says, well, what, what's going on? They say, they say, oh, you must not be from around here if you were from around here, you wouldn't be asking this question. Oh, really? Well, what happened? They start telling Jesus about everything he just went through. Oh, well, you... you. The one we were trusting and believing in—he—he—he was beaten, and he was—he had a crown of thorns put on, and then then they hung him on a cross, and he died, and they 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 put a spear in his side, and and then they put him in the grave, and I mean, can you see? You ever been in one of those situations where you really didn't want to smile, but it was hard? I can just see Jesus kind of looking away with a little bit of a smirk on his face. Tell me more. Tell me more about what happened to this guy. If we're not careful, we get in the same situation. We get so caught up in what's going on that we don't even recognize the very one that we're telling everything about is the one that knows all about it and the reason he's there is because he wants to do something about it. But we've we got to recognize. Here it, go, here it goes again. They drew nigh unto the village. They're almost aware. They've been walking now with Jesus and telling him all this. They drew nigh to the village whither they went. And he made as though he would have gone further. He was just going to keep on walking. They were stopping and he was going to go on. He would have gone on, but they constrained him saying abide with us for it is toward evening and the day is far spent and we went in and he went in to tarry with them and it came to pass as he sat at meat with them he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave to them and their eyes were open and they knew him that he and then he vanished out of their sight I wonder if the reason why when he blessed the bread and break it they came too. Maybe they were there another time when he blessed the bread and break it. Wait. Wait. You're you're him. Yeah. But if all you're going to do is I know, forgive me for using my imagination. I would hope you do the same thing because it kind of makes the Bible come to life. But I just see these two guys, even after Jesus joins them, I, I just see them kind of lumbering along, head down, wagging, never really taking the time to look up. And I tell somebody today, it's, it's actually the theme. All those you don't what all those glasses are, it's the theme for back-to-school revival, and the theme for this year is look up. If this is the way you live, He very well may pass you by. If you get so caught up and weighted down with what's going on in your life, Jesus may come so close to you that He actually bumps into you, but if all you're doing is what you're looking looking down at what you're going through, if that's your focus, he may very well keep going. But if you get your eyes up and look around and recognize, wait a minute, I'm telling you about everything you already knew. You're the one that can do something about it. I don't know where you think you're going, but you're not going anywhere else until I get what I need. <laughs> the Bible says in the Old Testament, Jacob, Jacob is running for his life got his brother all mad at him and he's running and he lays down. He has this dream. He ends up in the presence of God, has this encounter with God. He wakes up, he says, the Lord was in this place and I didn't even know it. You know how many times people come to church and leave and go, "Oh, God wasn't there. One of the it's really a, it really is an extremely mixed blessing to sit up here. Very mixed blessing. You really have to work to purposefully decide who it is you're going to look at. I'm not trying to be mean. I am being honest. Because you look at some people, especially when I'm preaching, I look at some people and I like, Oh my God, I must have lost my mind. Because the look on their faces, and then sometimes even the body language, it's like, oh my goodness. But without fail, when I see those people, I also can look some other place and I can see somebody, it's like, man, they're almost on the edge of their seat. They're like, yeah, tell me more. Yeah, come on, I'm listening. I, I need to hear what you're saying. And, and and one person gets up and walks out like, I, I, should, I, I wasted my time today. I don't, and the other person walks out and they're like, God, thank you so much for knowing where I am and talking to me and, and giving me what I... What's the difference? Same service, same God. The difference is one person decided, I cannot go without getting what I need. I will not be satisfied if I do not touch the hem of his garment. I've come to tell somebody today, Jesus Christ is in this place. And He has the ability to do whatever it is you have need of. But I've also come to tell you this morning, this may be the day where He is simply walking by. And if you do not decide, you're not passing by me. I don't know where you're going. I don't know what you're doing. But you're not passing by me. Because I've got something I need. And I don't know if I will ever get this chance again. I think that was part, part of what blind what was motivating blind Bartimaeus was. I hear him coming, and I don't know if he'll ever come again. I hear him passing by where I am, and I don't know if he'll ever pass me by again. So I refuse to take the chance that he will just pass me by. And whatever I've got to do to get his attention. I'm trying to be unkind or mean, but there are people sitting in this place right now. That if God would just come to you and hand you what you need, you would be more than willing to receive it. But you just haven't made up your mind yet. Am I willing to get out of my comfort zone? Am I willing to do something that may be out of... You know, we all have our personality. We all have our personality. And then you know there there are the, a lot of us that are we're, we're quiet, we're reserved, we're not very expressive. I don't care how quiet or non-emotional or reserved of a person you are, every single person has something that will cause them to override their personality. You let a you let an unexpressive, unemotional person let somebody be tragically injured in their family, and you'll watch somebody that may not be expressive become expressive. Or you watch somebody that may be very calm and reserved get news that they just got a million dollars. They don't, they don't, they don't pre record those, they don't video those things because you're going to, you know, hey, you have just won five million dollars. Oh, thanks. I mean, I guess if you're a billionaire, okay, I guess that's like getting five bucks, you know, oh, great. But I mean, when you're, you know, when you're, you're making, you know, $50,000, $60,000 a year, somebody showed up and said, I, I am giving you five, no strings attached, $5 million. Oh, thanks. I've, I mean, I could really use that, so appreciate it. You may be all, you, you may, the rest of your life, you may have barely a pulse that says you're alive. But I guarantee in that moment, you will be going crazy. Hopefully there's nothing fragile nearby because something's going to get knocked over. Somebody's going to get... It's just a matter of how desperate you are just a matter how desperate you are to say, you know what, I didn't just come to church today because i got to come to church and I didn't just come here today to go through the motions, but I've got something I need from God. I, I've i got something that nobody else can help me with but Jesus and I refuse to risk the fact that I will sit through a service and He will come find me. I will go to Him. I don't care who i got to push out of the way. I don't care who I've got to step over. I don't care how I have to act. I will get what I need. I will get what I need. There ain't, excuse the grammar, there ain't no way there's only one person in this sanctuary today that's got a need enough to make up their mind. I'm getting it. There's no way. And this is one of those messages. If I got to go giving some long, drawn out altar call, then the message hadn't been effective. And even if you're a guest and you may not be used to an apostolic church, if there's something inside of you that is desperate enough to say, my life is a mess or I've got this problem, I've got this crisis, if there's enough desperation, you don't care what anybody thinks, you don't care what anybody says, you just decide, I must get to Jesus. And if I can get to Jesus, He can do whatever it is I need. Is he going to pass you by today? Is he going to pass you by today? I'm asking you right now, is he going to pass you by today? Oh, I promise you, he's here. And I promise you, he's passing by. But the question is, is he going to just pass by? Or will you decide? Not today, Jesus. Not today, Jesus. You're not just going to pass me by today. You're not just going to walk on by me today. I don't know where you're going. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what your agenda is right now. I don't know who it is you're heading for. But all I know is right now. In fact, if I remember correctly, the woman with the issue of blood interrupted Jesus he was also on the way to do something else but she decided not passing me by you're not passing me by you're not passing me by today I'm gonna get what I need I'm
1: gonna get what I need
0: I won't let this opportunity this pass. I won't miss this chance and take for granted that you'll come my way another day. Here I'm not going to take it for granted that there'll be in another day you come day walking down the road where I am but I'm going to decide. I've got place. to get what I need. i got to get it. i got to get it. You. No one else will he can do. do what you need. He can take care of your problem. He can fix the situation. He can save your soul. He's got the ability to do it. But are you going to allow him to just pass by? Is there a blind Bartimaeus today? Is there a blind Bartimaeus today that's going to cry out? And if somebody tries to silence you, you're going to cry out even more. Jesus, Thou Son of David, have mercy on me today. Jesus, Thou Son of David, You're not passing me by today. You're not passing me by today. I will not let this opportunity be missed. You've got what I need and I'm going to get it. You've got what I need and I'm going to get it from you. The name yeah. of Jesus.